Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog podcast, my brother Panos. Hey, my bro. How you doing? What's going on? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Very excited. We've I just love doing had, the podcast. I do love it. It's a, it's a Thursday night. Um, I was just about to say we've had, um, we've had six months of rain in two months because it's, well, it's the second week of March, right? It's the 10th of March. And we've had six months of rain in Sydney in you know, in two months and uh, it's been quite, quite hectic. Right. And like, thankfully, you know, besides a bit of mildew and mold, like we were talking about before we hit record, um, you and I have been very lucky and not had anything major, but you know, a lot of people in a lot of parts of Australia have lost their homes. They've lost everything. Like talking like once in a hundred year flooding event. Wasn't this a Um, one in a thousand? Was it one in a hundred? I would hope so. Whatever. It was yeah, freaky. like we're talking, you know, like two-story houses swallowed by, you know, water from all the way from Brisbane to all the way down the down to Sydney. So it's a been a massive amount of rain, and yeah, it's a big big cleanup bill. So if anyone's listening from those parts of Australia, um, you know, we hope you guys are doing hit us up if you need any, any help with anything. If there's anything that we can mm-hmm. do for you guys, um, you know, and and I hope also that that episode on rain in what should I do with my dog? Hopefully that was yeah. well read. I think a lot of, I mean, well, listen, a lot of people did get back and, and comment on how in those times when it's raining, normally it rains for a day, two days, dog doesn't go out, maybe three days Yeah, where this was like, so can, con- con- and I didn't know how long it was going to go. It was just, it had, had been raining a little bit for like a week and a half. Like and two weeks. It went solid. And there was a time where there was like uh, we saw the sun for the first time in like, you know, two weeks today. So um, it, felt, it actually felt a bit weird. Uh, yesterday was pretty dry and I was like, my God, the sun, I haven't seen it in. So nice. Two weeks. Value it so much. Right. Mm. And the dogs are just sad. They just followed the sun all day today. Let's see. You've um, got a, uh, like a, like a crew neck jumper on tonight. So I, I noticed this today. I felt like it was just like the, the kiss of autumn was in the air today. It, it's right here, man. And I yeah. feel it in my, in my chest. I get, tightness and, and a bit yeah. of pain when when the um, seasons change so as soon as that happens it, it straight away starts to get cold and tanya was saying today oh, i hope that 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 chill goes out of the air i'm like nah i think i th- i believe once it's there yeah, it's it. it's here we have yeah. to wait till next <laughs> next time right summer's over oh, so yeah yeah it sucks well so we've got a topic um which is i don't know what we're going to call the episode but it's kind of around we'll call this- it advocate for your dog yeah, that, that's right. Like, it's like, how do we, as um, dog owners, how do we advocate for our dog mm. out in public when the dog can't advocate for itself in the sense of like- And shouldn't, you, and, and you shouldn't. No, you, you, mm. you, uh, you have to represent your dog and your dog should always believe because, you, because it's true, right? It should be true that you have your dog's back and that he or she has every reason to feel that you are- well, if you're going to claim to be the leader and be in control of yep. the walk, then it's only natural that you would be the one that speaks up for him because you're the leader. Yep. And that's why not 
being the leader for your dog and your dog just being out there experiencing the world for itself, if feeling threatened or insecure, stressed, mm. that's when they're going to act out to try to protect themselves, not protecting you, but protect themselves. Mm. And we all get shocked and surprised by it, but yeah. it's slack for your dog and it's wrong. And it's also, you know, wrong for other people, but for people that don't know what the hell we're talking about to advocate for your dog, um, give us an example um, of- yeah, so like a typical scenario, and that this comes up, I get asked this question a lot, um, is like how do, you know, from clients, right, how do we deal with, you know, random people and random dogs? Well, it's the, it's the owners really, the, the other owners just kind of assuming that without asking permission or anything like that, that, that our dogs should meet, you know, on leash or whatever it might be when you're out and about and they just kind of march over to you with their dog and you know what I mean? Just, uh, just kind of forcing their will on you to have an interaction that, you know, by that point it's kind of gone too far, right? It's like, if you go back, it's like, where does this idea, where does this idea of random dogs meeting even come from is my question, right? It's like, where, where does this come from? Like, when do we decide that every dog on the planet should be friends with every other dog on the planet? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like when we're raising young puppies to be engaged with handlers on the leash, if we take the dog out from a young age and he and he starts to learn, you know, that uh, there's a lot of reinforcement in others. Well, we'll start with the reinforcement, that there's a lot of reinforcement in other people and other dogs, let alone if you had to have, if you were to have a bad experience, right? And then he learns the opposite. Either way, it's not beneficial for the long-term skills and attitude and you know demeanor that you're trying to build in your own dog exactly well i think let's put into perspective well first of all to to even answer your question why is it that people when we're walking down the street go oh can my dog say hi to your dog why what function does that serve now obviously full-on obvious is that well my dog's friendly my dog likes dogs i like it when he's happy he's happy when he does it so every opportunity that he can be happy i want him to be engaging in that activity. So we get to walk up to a dog. Hi dog. Yeah. And maybe most of the time it's a happy interaction. When I say happy. I may not be, it may not be desirable. It's a happy interaction. And why do we want that for our dogs? It's because people may see their dogs as that extension of that, of like being a, and I love my dog so much. I just want him to have everything, right? We talked about, you know, spoiling our dogs and treating our dogs like children. We don't even do that with children. You don't walk down the yeah. street with your kid and you go, oh, can, can my son say hi to your son? And it's like, okay. And then they like start playing and then, okay, cool. See ya. And then we walk. That would be the weirdest thing in the world. So to understand what socialization is, is important because it's about being comfortable around dogs. Walking through the train station, you just walk past people. If somebody says, hey, you dropped your thing. Thank you. Like being social is about knowing when's appropriate to interact. You may go up to someone, do you know what the directions are? You don't go up to everyone and go, hey, I'm Panos and I train dogs and we have a podcast. How are you going? And I go to the next person, hey, how are you going? Exactly how dogs would be to every other dog when they walk past. So, I, and, I, and I also think why do people let their dogs run up to other dogs? Because I think it's just the easiest option. I'm walking past a person. You have a dog. My dog's going to pull towards your dog. If I let my dog come and say hi, it becomes a three-second hello and we continue walking. And it's so much easier than trying to control your dog to just not care about the dog and to walk past. Mm. And we had this situation with my clients um, earlier this other 
And like that, I was completely, completely out of control, just barking and so excited, can't control itself. It's a Frenchie cross beagle, such a funny little breed um, and a funny little dog rather. And, um, and the mix that you can see, like the traits of both those breeds in different situations, hilarious, but just they rewarded every single behavior. And they think now, and now they say at four years old, it's now gotten really out of control where it wasn't so much of an issue even a year ago. So I said to him, when we, when we walk past another dog, we want to walk past as if our dog's so comfortable to see another dog that they don't care about the dog. Like that would be yeah. ideal. And then if we happen to stop because it's a friend and then the dogs just have a quick little sniff while we're saying hello and it, they just do their thing, but nothing out of control. It's normal. Right. But in canine world, I don't know how that, how normal that is. Like if I'm, I, again, I haven't hung around street dogs and I'm going to use street dogs as more of an example rather than wolf packs. Cause it's such a different thing, but I think they create, because the difference between street dogs, I believe, is that it because they're, they're domestic dogs, they go off, well, I'm here and you're here, so now we just have to create some form of hierarchy. And then I'm assuming there's different packs that happen, you know, because of distance. But, like, wolf packs are generally, like, family-orientated, right? It's uh, I'm the dad and the mum, and we have siblings and cousins and other randoms that join in from time to time. And, you know, there's a set hierarchy generally because of family. And again, don't quote me on this. This is just to my understanding. But I think street dogs, it's, well, I'm more dominant in certain situations and I'm more opportunistic and we can work together and we can, and I, and I think that they can bond. And I'm pretty sure when you see the street dogs, again, not that I've seen them, but I've seen them on TV, is that there's not much drama, but they haven't got leads attached to them and they know each other. <laughs> so walking down the street and seeing a dog you've never seen before on a leash where he cannot go anywhere and he's running full and he's walking head on to another dog and expecting to walk past. We need to do a lot of socialization and conditioning for them to understand that's a normal situation. But if you let your dog always run up to another dog, it will, as you said, reinforce the behavior. And if you, and then I guess, well, what do you reckon about that? Cause I can keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, part of me wonders if this, like, like you said, it's an easy option. So I think, and we're going to, we'll get to this, right. Which is like how to, you know, some tips around how to kind of mitigate that. And maybe you do have to have a little bit of a, not an awkward conversation, but it's like, not a I think a lot of, a lot yeah, of owners yeah. avoid doing you know like as in advocating because either one they don't know how to or even if they did know what it was they feel like they don't want to be like that person you know yeah and it's like well how do you define rude for starters like is rude you i would argue that you marching your dog up to me is actually rude so we can get into that but part of it is like it's the easy slash lazy option and the other part of me wonders like is it projecting the fact that you know, most dogs live in single dog households and maybe the owner's like, oh, the dog never sees other dogs. Mm -hmm. And that's another part, which is another misconception is that dogs necessarily need to be, you know what I mean? Interacting with all, all manner of dogs in general, just to be a, um, you know, fulfilled, have a fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So there's, there's multiple, there's multiple reasons. Well, let's talk it. for someone who's listening, who is that person? You're like, Oh my God, I feel so offended that you think I'm such an idiot. And it's like, no, no, well, let's understand. Well, why is the problem? What is the problem of letting a dog saying hello to another dog? Let's just talk about that. Then we can talk about trying to fix that for your dog. So it doesn't happen. And that's how we can advocate we for also it. talk about um, in amongst this, 
we should talk about the um, the further complication of the situation by the fact that the dogs are on usually tight, as in taut leashes, you know, mm-hmm. tense yeah, what leashes the leash does. and what the pressure does to the, the dog's perception of that situation as well. Hot and heavy. Well, in my opinion, why I don't, if I'm walking down the street and I've got three of my dogs, I'm walking down the street and let me just show you exactly what has happened. And, and then, and then we can, and I can explain why I don't want it to happen. I'm walking down the street along, like along the beach there. It's nice. And this lady's talking to a dog saying, Oh, do you want to say hi to those dogs? And she's like, you know, and she's like following her little Maltese getting pulled um, towards us. And as I'm walking, I'm like, Oh, no, thank you. Like, Oh, the dogs don't want to say hi. Thanks. I'm doing this as I'm moving, like, no, thanks body language. And I just continued walking. It literally what I said. And she's like, oh, how rude. She said that really loud. And I'm like, I don't. Was she I'm talking being... about herself? <laughs> exactly. She goes, she goes, oh, how rude are you? And I'm like, I'm not being rude, but just my dogs don't want to be jumped on by your dog. Thank you. And as, as I was walking. Yeah. And it was like. I think that's a good way of diffusing it. Uh, I was thinking about this in the car today, actually. Like the word thank you, even if you don't mean it, it's a very um, pacifying word. So it's like. It's like when you say sorry, it's like when you say sorry, it immediately disarms someone. Do you know but what I mean? it can be passive aggressive too, right? Like, yeah, but thank I you. would never say sorry in that situation. I'm just using it sure. like as an example. Yeah, but you could sure. definitely say thank you as in like, thank you. We're, we're just going to keep going. Yeah, like, exactly. In, this, in the moment, like the psychology of it, it's like, well, why are they thanking me? But by then I'm, I'm out of there. So see you yeah, later. It's true. Actually, I didn't think of it. That's true. Um, but why is it? Well, first of all, Spades will find that incredibly annoying, number one. Number two, Nookie would be, I wouldn't say scared, but more uncomfortable than Spades because she's small and she doesn't want to get jumped on. Number three is the leads get tangled and now someone gets stressed out and that's likely where a dog bites mm. or the dogs just all have a bad experience. Um, another point is I don't want to talk to that lady and her dog. Yeah. Um, and it's my business to be able to continue walking yeah, without exactly right. having to be interrupted. Um, and it's also a bad habit for, for her dog to be running up to every dog's because she never asked me. She doesn't know if my dogs are aggressive. If my, one of my dogs fear aggressive and bites her dog, yeah. then what happens there? But then also it's bad for my dogs because then they're thinking, oh, my God, dogs are going to be jumping on me every time we walk past. How are you letting this happen? Mm. Um, if like that would be them talking to me. Yeah. And, and I think – it's also unnatural and also it just, it's a reflection of training. Well, not training, but relationship. I walk down the street and my dogs are like, there's dogs and people and birds and things around, but I'm with him. So we're just, we're doing yeah, our thing. It's, we're doing our thing. It's we're natural. Walking. It's normal. It feels good. Um, and look, I'm not saying that my dogs don't look at other dogs and want to say hi. There's times where space sees a dog and is like, oh, like I kind of want to check him out. But I'm like, yeah. hey, come on, let's go. Or Chili, for example, he's like, oh, he wants to say hi to dogs all the time. And, and that's fine, but I manage it. And look, and obviously he knows when we're at work that he kind of leaves the dogs and that's in context, right? But there's some dogs that are more attracted to others and they, of course they want to say hi. Um, that's why people let it happen. If every single dog never wants to say hi to another dog, then people wouldn't be, oh, let the savage dog meet. But I don't know if they, why is it something that we're seeing more of? I think it's because more people in the last, you know, let's just say, 30 years, people putting dogs on leads and where dog ownership has become different where, you know, now back in like the heyday. percent of households in Australia have a dog now. It's 60%. That's crazy. More people have a dog than don't, you know. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, 
you know, back in the day, I remember some of the trainers that 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 um, were teaching me things like you know, dogs are off the lead. There was no fences, no. and they just they just did their thing. It's they a sorted it out. World back then. It was different times. So now, because we're getting more people, more people are more congested. You know, obviously, we're breeding dogs to be a little bit more social and not savage as well. But mm. I think there's heaps of reasons why I don't want my dog being jumped on. So let's okay. Actually, we'll talk about dogs being off the lead and advocating for that. But for people, a few things that I've written down. So. Number one is what I teach when we're walking down the street and I can observe someone's body language. Two things I look at. How is the person holding the lead? Are they holding right at the end and getting pulled? Then I know how much space to give walking past that person. Mm. But also if the person's like not like notices me and if they start to like, you know, give me a bit of respectable space and I give them a bit of respectable space, if that, if that happens, we're just walking. That's a really good point, actually, because you can definitely read their body language and and their sort of yeah, like their, their you can read their leash handling yeah. pretty quickly. You can tell what, now, what's going to happen I, if I see a mad long flexi and uh, and uh, something like that going on. Like I'll just create space and just yeah. kind of avoid the situation, you know. Exactly. But if you you know, it's not to say that every owner is like that. There's plenty of no. people who have cool dogs and can loose leash walk yeah, them and totally. keep them on a nice. Dogs off the lead just walk past. No one leash. cares. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. Of course, right? So, but yeah, see, that comes down to situational awareness. We, you know, we've done an episode on that. Yeah. Um. You know, so that that's definitely part of it. Well, if if I'm walking and I see those things, then that mitigates what I do. But then if you make eye contact with that person as soon as you make eye contact (laughs) and then the smile happens, that's when body language, you see, they start moving towards you. And then that's when, then that's when you're even more rude. You're like, Oh, excuse me. What the fuck are you doing? Ah." And they're like, Oh, what? You just, you just engaged with me. And we started to have this, um, a non-verbal agreement that we're going to interact, right? Because I have a dog and you have a dog and we must be friends now, um, <laughs> So, um, which is weird um, when you think about it that way. Um, but again, if dogs are like an ex- an accessory, I hate to say it. I don't want to say an accessory, but if oh, dogs are an accessory- They definitely are for some people. I yeah, have no it, doubt about that. Yeah, if they're like a little cavoodle accessory, it's like, oh, yeah. Then it's like that's what comes with that energy or with that, relationship or now the, having said the reason we, why you have we, we won't tar all cavoodle so, owners not cavoodles i'm sorry but you get you, you know what i'm saying but there, there's right? definitely dogs people do with shepherds that, uh, and other dogs I, i've met well. i've had i've had clients who i'm 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 sure the the dog for them is it's an accessory which yeah. is you know which then means it's like you know it's it's fun but the dog's just bah, have fun because for, for us, it's, oh, have fun is like, you know, we engage and train and, and, and do things with our dogs and we, we walk the trails, but it's like, hey, I'm, I'm walking to this place and you guys, and you're following, we are walking here together. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's that relationship rather than oh, I'm going to go find dogs so we can keep playing. It's like you have a son and you only take him to the playground, only, only, so he can always play with kids and you don't do anything with him. It's like that, make, that doesn't make that much sense. Let him play with kids for sure. But then also, hey, we do games together. We do different activities. We're going to go for a walk and I'm going to teach you stuff. So, you know, it has to be shared out where if our dogs are only just playing with other dogs, then of course you're going to say hi to every dog you walk past because that's all you do with your dog. Again, I'm making massive generalizations, but you get my yeah. point. So, Well, the thing is because we, you especially, you've been doing this for over 10 years. You've seen it enough times and you've heard enough stories, I'm guessing, from your clients of similar things or seen it when you're trying well, Like you're just observing well. as you're walking. Yeah. Like, why would someone do that for? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Also, you know, it becomes it becomes annoying 
for me anyway, I'm with people and dogs all day. I don't really want to go for my afternoon walk and then have to mm. talk. If I, if I had another job and like dog training was my hobby and then I walked past the dog, I was like, oh, yeah, and we start talking about dogs. It's an opportunity to talk about it. But yeah, like I want to smoke bomb and get the hell out of there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you're doing like 20 dogs a week or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Like it's a lot, you know? Exactly. So anyway, <clears throat> we're walking. Don't make eye contact. You see the person walking, you make, you have your own agenda. All right, I'm walking. You look straight. You're not engaging. You're not being rude, but you just, you walk. Number two is you make space, that appropriate space, whatever you need to make. If you have your dog on the left-hand side and the other person, if you're in Australia walking on the left-hand side of the path, you've got that space already, like that barrier, sorry, between yep. you and the other dog. So when you're walking, as we're walking past the person, the dog starts to go, you, if you've got enough space, that's great. But if you don't have enough space, it's a full path. It's you put your dog slightly next to you or behind you while you use your body and your leg to like just barrier. I'm just talking yeah. about what would it's happen cool if barrier. you're not talking yeah. with the person. Yeah, you're walking. It's all in the flow. And it's like, oh, we're not trying to engage. I'm just walking. And if your dog follows you, that's great. Again, if you have reactive dogs, we're talking a different situation. Um, also, this is, the, this is the funnest, the funnest and the most awkward for everyone. We're standing there. I'm standing with my dog or a dog that, you know, let's just say is scared of people or or is or just doesn't want to interact with people, or if I don't want them to interact with people. I'm standing there, someone's walking past, oh, you know, and then they're like, Oh, I love labs. And they like start to walk up, you know, eye contact with the dog, hunched over already, about to go for the pat. I take a couple of steps, Henry, I do the name game, dog walks away, boom, 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 reward, turn around and walk around. Now I've got this person standing there looking like an idiot. Going, just what just happened to me? Well. <laughs> and it's a training, it's an opportunity. Everything's perfect. They've got the space. I can do it. And it's good because it's exactly what we want to do for the training. And now I've got this person without me having to say a word. Now, looks like now that could be an asshole move for some people. I don't think so. No one says, hey, can I come pat that dog? And you're like, yeah, the dog. And then you go and do and run away. That's weird. But I haven't said anything. Someone just out around the corner goes, oh, wow, dog. Boom. You, you make that space, taking steps backwards, bit of leash pressure by saying the dog's name, mark and reward, and then make an opportunity as you said out of it. So I think that's really cool. These are all the the kind of passive-ish, passive-ish yeah. stuff to do. The less passive stuff to do is like the assertive things is you've got to speak up as you're walking. Dogs starting to come towards you to advocate them in that situation, whether it's dogs or people. Again, this is all like lead situations. Like the dog's off the lead is a different situation. I guess we should cover that as well. But I'm walking. The dog starts to come really close. I'm like, excuse me. And then my let my, so like I pull the dog to my left-hand side. My right leg does like kind of like a, like a, like a shield sort yep. of motion. A block. Yeah. <laughs> a block. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, excuse me, you need to back up your dog. My dog's really aggressive. Now, if you have like a medium to large dog, this always works the best because people are like, what the hell? And they walk away straight away. Or as we're walking, the dog's coming close or people just come in a pat. Excuse me. Dog kind of comes slowly behind me, my body language, um, and my hand comes out. And I'm like, excuse me, my dog's aggressive. You need to back it up. I don't, I don't, my dog's in training and I'm trying to like get him to focus on me when people are calm and he's a bit insecure and like, it's too much dialogue. It's too slow. Yeah. Whoa. Like it's happening. You got to go, excuse me, you need to back up. My dog will bite you. Every single time, even saying my dog's scared does not work. Have you have you ever had that backfire on you where they be like, you shouldn't be out in public, this and that? Yeah, that dog should be wearing a muzzle. I'm like, no, you just need to give me personal um, space, and we're and everyone's cool. That's it. That's it. Now, on mine, on mine, it's not always that cool, calm, and collected. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes some words come out of me that um, I need to chill <laughs> out. But I think 
at the end of the day, like, um, I, I can tell you like a billion stories. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll probably cover some of them, but mm-hmm. in that moment, you got to use that body language and and also don't stop. If you obviously depending if you're cornered or not, but if you're walking, keep that momentum always. If you slow down and make eye contact, then you become, especially if you're as That's you said before, point, actually, yeah, don't slow down. No, keep that momentum. Yeah. So important for the dog, but also and also for the interaction. Like, hey, I'm not interacting with you. Thank you. Um, but if you're a nice person, people don't want to do that. But this doesn't mean not be nice. This means be the leader that you have to be for your dogs, whether your dogs. N- fearful of other people's stress or nervous or even just happy-go-lucky or even if it's a puppy. I think these are really important. I don't want our puppy to think that it's all right for people to just come out of nowhere and start touching him all the time. And then- being a, Yeah, being a nice, let's say a quote-unquote nice person and advocating for your dog. Or being nice to your dog. <laughs> yeah, well, being, being a nice person. Because, again, like a lot of the clients will ask me, like, you know, they're a little bit softly spoken. It might be a female, you know what I mean? Like For that sure. kind of thing. And they feel a bit unsure. For example, a female owner by herself saying this kind of thing to, a, you know, someone who looks like me or you mm-hmm. who's in the opposite side and marching their dog up to the this, this female, just as an example, right? They might feel a bit unsure, right? But being like the nice person and Oh, let it and advocating for your dog. That's not mutually exclusive. You can yeah. be a nice person and you can advocate for your dog. Yeah. doesn't be mean straight you have up. to be an asshole. Right? Just be straight down the line and say it how it is. And look, you'll be sorry trying to be nice to other people that you don't even know when you have a four-month-old little dog, four-month-old any dog, and that Labrador comes and jumps on him and freaks him the hell out or someone comes and touches him and spooks him at the right t- wrong time, going through a development or a fear period or even just, you know, just growing up. Um, that one bad um, event, Experience. I mean, that one single event could could screw everything up for a long time, maybe even forever for the dog. So you'd be like, man, I wish I was just, just like, why do you need people to come and touch your dog? Now, of course, people come and want to pat your dog. Hey, can I pat your dog? And sometimes I'm like, oh, not today. Um, thanks. Just because I'm doing training, I want to teach him X, Y, and Z. If someone's asked you, you can have the conversation in Again, obviously, we just said you can't say that, but I think in some situations you can. Or um, and then sometimes a kid comes up and is like, "Can I pat your dog?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go pat him." He's like, "Cool," mm. and he pats him. Like, so it's it's not like hard and fast. So you, it's never no. But if your dog's scared of kids and a kid comes and asks you to pat your dog, first of all, you should be like making that space before you that dog bites um that kid. But also, you know, um, you still need to use body language, not for the person's sake only your dog needs to know what the hell you're doing. So I'm standing there's like, no, like if I just stood still and someone comes up, starts walking up, like, can I pay your dog? Nah, man, you can't. And the dog, then the person walks away. Yes. The dog heard you say something doesn't understand what the hell you said. And the person did go away. But if you can take that one step forward, it's like, nah, excuse me. No, thanks. Um, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy walks away. Your dog's like, Oh wow. You'd actually do something. Yep. You don't just run your mouth like you do something. <laughs> so I think I think that body language that your dog sees that. And um, so that so body language important, speaking up and being assertive is what I wrote down. Um, so let's just say the dog off the lead. I'll tell you what happened with Jack on the corner. Walking, this is just when I had spades and nookie, walking down um, from the beach and little Jack, he's, like, he's a little black terrier and, um, and he's quite chunky, like he's, He's probably like, you know, 10, 15 kilos. So I'm walking and when the bloody 
um, gates open and when his own is not, if his own is around, nothing happens. But when he's on his own, he's like, ah, he comes out running full speed. I had Nookie on the lead, but I had Spades, um, his lead just loose following me. And I wasn't that worried about Spades. I knew he was going to come and try to bite Nookie because he had come out and bitten some hair off um, old AC boy back in the day. So I knew that he was a little bit territorial. So as I'm walking, I'm watching him run, I'm watching him run. He's probably about seven meters, six meters, five meters. And as he's just approaching, I shove Nookie behind me with the leash. Like I really, like I didn't pull it hard, but I pulled it behind me and I took that step towards the dog, chest out, hand went out. And I'm like, pack it up, fuck off. Bah! And I, bah! Yeah. <laughs> the dog was like, what the hell? Stops in his track, turns around and just runs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Dush, right in that moment. Now, if I started screaming too early, I believe some dogs make a wide berth and they try to come around. Let him come close, let him come close. As I was walking, I was eyeing him out. The right moment, boom, boom, bang. Now, me putting Nookie behind, and this is fresh after she'd been bitten when we went out to Turon Gates. So um, I didn't want her to think that dogs are going to come and do the same thing to her. And I noticed after a couple of situations like that happened, what her natural instinct was before was when a dog would come up and rush her, she would like try to like run away. But she's learned after a couple of, um, over the couple of years is when dogs are to run up, she runs right next to me and I'm there and I'm stopping dogs, especially dogs off the lead. You have to. Um, so she comes up next to me and I'm like using my hands and legs to make that space. Hence why old people, most old, like I didn't say old people, but most of the old, um, people that walk around with sticks in their dogs are older people. It's because they know how it is. You walk down the street and dogs come running out of the house. You use that stick to protect your dogs. Um, some people, you know, use um, umbrellas and and, um, and you can use a tennis racket, whatever. But I'm not saying you should walk around with these things. But the reason why they had these things is because they wanted to create space um, and advocate for their dogs because you want your dog to know that you got it sorted. And if you're not going to create that, um, that safety for them, then they're going to take things in their own hands. Now, if your dog's on the lead and you say, well, what, why well, we should talk about um, what to do. Let's talk, when about, do- let's talk about why, what, what the leash actually does to it as well. I think as well, because maybe some people don't understand what meeting on leash can actually from yes. a technical perspective, like a, you know what I mean? From like a pressure and that kind of thing. Well, like as, as we, yeah, as you walk down the street and your dog starts to see the other dog and you apply pressure onto the dog, your dog for so many different, so many different things happen. Number one is as soon as the dog feels pressure, he's like, oh my God, there must be a dog around here. Cause every single time mm-hmm. the pressure goes on, it's classic. The, fucking, yeah. the dog um, yeah. presents itself, but also your dog then starts to become more reactive and usually starts to bark a lot more because you're restricting him because of that opposition reflex, pull back on the leash, you get forward action. Um, but also the, you're taking away fight flight, you know, I'm sorry, you're taking away the flight aspect. Flight. Your dog can't run away from or make its desired space. It can't show its own body language. It's only left with fight and freeze. Exactly. So it stops and doesn't know what to do. And of course it's going to lunge and bark. Or like sometimes I put the head down and they kind of walk and like, oh my God, I wish this wasn't happening. And they do a bit of flight. They hit the end of the leash and try to like wide berth it. So, um, so what you want to, that's why we want to make sure that they don't have to go into fight, flight or freeze. If you have a dog that's reactive, it's because they are usually insecure and or frustrated and overexcited. But let's just say that they're insecure. We want to build their confidence, build their confidence enough to understand that I don't have to do any of those behaviors. But if you let dogs and people walk up to your dog and touch them all the time and make them feel uncomfortable, 
then you're making that situation happen over and over again. So your dog's not going to believe in you. And of course, he's going to bite. And so many people say, my dog's trying to protect me. He bites other dogs. He lunges at people. And, um, you, you know, and the, the bad news is your dog is protecting itself. He's not protecting you. Because if there's no lead, that thing comes close. He's freaking running. Uh, so <laughs> this is what usually He's happens. over the horizon lickety split, you know? Yeah. Or they bark, 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 bark. You keep walking up to him and they don't know what to do. And they just like stand there. Like, oh, my God, the barking didn't work. Normally it does. Damn it. Okay. Now I'm standing here. And that's when either they learn to bite or they just learn helplessness. They just don't know what to do, so they just stand there. Um, and many other different – so many different um, situations can come from that. Yeah. And also – and I guess we're not going to go into too much detail about that. Um, how about visitors? You've got to advocate for your dog when visitors come over. People do the yep. stupidest shit when they come over to your house with the dogs. <laughs> Freak them all out. They can undo a lot of training very quickly. Totally. Especially when you're like, you know, with behavior modification, if we're trying to make our dogs feel comfortable enough where they don't have to bite your family and your friends that come over, it's because you're not setting up a situation and advocating that, hey, this is our, my castle and you live in it. And when people come over, I make you feel safe and protected and not in a position where you have to um, do anything to make anyone go away. I almost wonder if it's worse with family and friends because, you know, this concept of let's say not being rude, quote unquote, is even, can be even more pronounced with family and friends because you know these people. Like if you're listening to this. A stranger on the street with regards to, you know, you touching my dog, I'll tell you to like fuck off every day of the week, right? Exactly. But like with friends and family, it's a bit more of an awkward conversation or it can be. If you're listening to this, you're most likely the person who is like, hey, when you come over, like, don't touch my dog and like, don't do this and don't reward them for fucking jumping up on the couch. And you, you know what I mean? You're probably the person who's the, the tyrant of, of the family when um, every time they come over. And I think you don't, if you have to be, all right, for, to put it this way, when I had chili for the first couple of weeks, I made sure everyone that came over was always a setup situation, was always, I was going to make a good, because he, to be honest, when people came into that backyard, he tripped out and oh, I woke up to him and he was like, what the hell's going on? So um, anyway, I think I definitely talked about this. Um, when my mother-in-law rocked up into this, I'm in the shower and, and she had, my mother-in-law took Leonardo out and she's coming to the backyard wearing her long ass socks and the long denim skirt with like the, the, the woolen kind of vest and like the big floppy hat with like the long hair. And she's like, you know, she's not old, but she's an older lady. And she like, yeah. you know, hunched over like, oh, hello. And then trying to touch him. And he's, and, I, and I'm in the shower and Tanya's like, oh my God, Chili's freaking out at my mom. And I'm like, bah, like run out basically naked. You can come outside. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, damn it. The only time I'm freaking out of shower. Anyway, so yeah. in that moment, he's like, man, scary ass lady came into the backyard and I like, tried to touch Put her. Put her hand in my face. Yeah. yeah, it was freaking weird. So um, where if I was to add- Good way to get thing, bitten. You're totally right. And it's like, damn it. I wish that didn't happen. Now, look, he's completely sweet with her. Um, mm. Didn't take, actually, in fact, that so what I did is basically went and got some food. Just got to chuck some food on the ground, not even to give it to him. Um, she did that the next time she he came she came over. The third time after that, she sat down. He went up. She patted him. He was like, "Hey, what's cool. going on?" Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. So um, now that's a good example. Like it could take two to three visits for him to feel comfortable, and he mm-hmm. he's well within his rights 
as a sentient creature, right, to be like, I don't necessarily vibe with you on the first go. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Look- well, how about in that same time? Because it was like lockdowns and that, so it wasn't that, or like it was just easing, so there wasn't many people getting out and about. So let's just say a niece was coming over and, you know, she's erratic and intense and it's like day three of having the new dog. I'm like, I'll advocate for you, bro. I'm going to put you like in the back section and, you know, when they're around, I'm going to make sure that she's not coming up to the gate and banging it. And if you do, you're going to see me pushing away and I'm going to mark and reward and I'm going to make you feel good. And when I do bring you out, I have the lead on and if she comes running to, pull your ear with that intention. Obviously I'm not going to let it happen. I'm like, no, 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 you got to stop. You got to tell the dog to sit. He say, yes, give him some treat. If your dog's seeing you do that and are doing it properly, he's going to feel good when the next time that happens and advocating for your dog is part of the training system because we're not just trying to make dogs do things. We want to make our dogs think and feel a certain way so they can do those cool things. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, It's just like people always trying to fix their problems but never ever trying to assess why they do those things or their personality trait. Um, and I think if you're just trying to fix problems all the time, you never really able to always say like, what's the solution to what you're trying to do? Well, if your dog doesn't like people, like Nookie's not unsocial. She just doesn't want to be jumped on. <laughs> and I think that's like most dogs. Yeah. That's especially not a when crazy you're five request, kilos. right? Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so I show that and look, there's times where situations do get, a little bit heated. So for example, I remember I was um, walking the Esplanade in Cronulla and one of my um, clients, I forgot her name. It was Anne. Anne, she's awesome. She was the best. Anyway, so she had the, a nine-year-old husky and the dog had never, didn't even know how to sit. Nothing, nothing. It was horrible nine in the league. Nothing. The dog was just backyard dog. Anyway, so she acquired the dog. She, we started training within oh, like, rescue. yeah, rescue. Yeah. Yeah. At around maybe it was definitely session three or four, maybe like three months in loosely walking downstairs, recalls, like everything mad dog. And she was, she was fully anyway. So anyway, so we're walking and she's walking with Rocky. I think it was Rocky. And, um, and this lady like let a big Burmese mountain dog, like just stop, turn around and walk up. I'm like, Oh, and I'm like, you know, like, Oh, back it up. And I'm like, oh, excuse me. And like, and Arn was like, oh, what do I do? Because Rocky could have, you know, he's a husky and he was, he was good with dogs, but there were some dogs that he's like, ah, he'll, he'll be a bit reactive. Yeah. So I kind of like have to like lean in and grab the other dog by the collar. And sometimes I'm hesitant to do that. Obviously I don't want to get bitten, um, but the dog was pretty fluffy and cute. Um, and I'm like, excuse me, like, you know, like a bit of personal space. Thanks. Like, can you just like make sure your dog, she goes, excuse me. Mm. And I'm like, you know, like we're walking. We don't really. She was how ridiculous. She's so like she was so shocked. It was hilarious, and it was. And I'm not saying there was like probably three embarrassed, and that's I would guess that's a no. Nah, you know what? She was just a typical, you know, just I don't want to arrogant, say. arrogant, <laughs> rude person. Yes, okay, we'll go with that. Mm. <laughs> and um, tell me anyway, after I press stop. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then we're walking. She's um, and then she's like, so like, right? And I'm like, look, like, you know, there's heaps of people everywhere, like. To stop now and say hello, first of all, is weird. Like, can't we just walk? And second, I'm like, you don't even know if this dog's aggressive or not, you know? And then she's like, if he's aggressive, you know, should be on, should be be the muzzle. And I'm like, that's not the, that's not the point. The point is that the dog doesn't want your dog in your face. Random strangers jump on him. Exactly. Now, look, now we had to engage in conversation because there was people everywhere. There was nowhere really to go. It was like, can you just, can you just keep me walking? 
like, why are we even talking? I'm like, and, and Arne's about to freak out. She's going to go, like, she can see her face. I'm like, it's all cool. Just relax. I'm like, just keep going. And we're walking. She's like, oh, I got your back, Panos. I got your back. I'm like, it's all good. It's not, a, it's not even about anything. It's I not go, a street brawl. No, I'm just like, because she was about to, like, and she was going like, you know, that's so inappropriate and what's going on. And Rocky was fine. He's, he's, he's as I said, he's a bit reactive, but it wasn't like nothing was going to happen. It was almost like an opportunity for street education to just, speak up and say, Hey, like, it's just weird and keep going because your dog's like twice the size, better jump on him. And it's just inappropriate. It's just not cool. And, and anyway, and as we're walking, I think we stopped and doing a downstay or something. And she walked ah, and I can just like shouting at us and we're like, just ignore him. Like whatever, don't engage with it because worse comes to worse. One dog's aggressive. One dog bites another dog. People start fighting. We've got these dramas. It's just it's bad bad energy and it's just mm. not necessary bad you know what juju. i mean and yeah and bad for the dogs you know what i mean um i think that's the most important so be assertive use your body get you in between your dog space walk away do your name game um you know um if you want to go more deeper about advocating for your dogs you definitely check out jay jack um on his podcast he taught and he was what was it? faith in handler listen to that episode it was really really cool and what he teaches um i really love it but one of them is about your dog starts to get nervous. You ask for the middle. Once your dog's in the middle, no dog, no one, no person ever gets close to your dog. Your dog knows that my their faith in handler means whatever it is that you teach, bed or middle or whatever command it is, nothing is going to get close to you. And the way that he teaches it and his perspective of it is really cool. Um, and we should um, we should definitely try to get J-Jack on and have a conversation about a few things because I'd love there's, a, that. there's a lot of things that, that I love what he does. But um if you want to go deeper and he's really all, all over it. Um, he, and, and, and he, he has a good way of using his words as well, which is really cool. So, um, but anyway, um, I can go a million different stories of, you know, what I, think we've, I think we've, we've covered a, a good sort of selection of ways to deal with that. And even um, just be mindful of it. At least now it's like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. So it's a good yeah. place to begin. I think the overall theme is, don't don't let whatever feelings you have about whether it's being rude or you know whatever you want to call it don't let that you ha- i would argue ask yourself what's more important those those feelings that you're worried about what a stranger either says or does or thinks towards you or the long-term relationship between you and your dog you know what i mean for the next 10 to 15 years. I couldn't agree more, man. You know so, what I mean? So true. Especially so with puppies because you can slip up. You'll yeah. slip up with puppies. You'll let all this silly shit happen and it'll bite in the ass and just bad habits. And no one wants to touch a dog at 18 months old because they don't think it's mm. cute anymore. So, mm. um, and your dog's confused by it. So, what the hell? Yep. Well, just real quick with like talking about family is don't make dramas. Put your dog in the crate, you know, just yeah. put him in the yard, put him on the leash, do the bed command. Hey, no one touch a dog when he's on his bed. And he's going to spend a little bit of time back tight on the bed. Just, I want to teach him that it's not bananas time. It's not crazy time. Hmm. We can go out the yard. We can go for a walk. We can do stuff. Can, in, if you don't want to have engage in argument, just taking control of the situation by controlling the dog. Management. If your friends and family keep doing stupid shit with your dog, then you punish them by removing the dog. And you go, all right, dog's going away now. Say good night. You can put him away. And yeah, your access to the dog is a privilege, whether that's a stranger or a family or a friend. 
yeah, you don't have to be the asshole. You don't have to be arguing with your mum and dad and your brothers and sisters. And also you're badass because you just controlled the situation. It's like, well, if you can't listen to me, real quick, I remember this story. Um, my mate Peter Hatzis back in the day, he, um, with Rocky, he always jeered him up and it killed me. I hated it. I had this little tiger, um, you know, like when you go to like a theme park and you get the big Wait, jumbo drink. You told me this story. Yeah. Did yeah. I? And you, and you put the, and you put the tiger, like the, yeah. Top on anyway, it was this big tiger thing we had on the toe ball of the car. And he would always walk past and you go to Rocky and say, What's that? Oh my God, that, 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 that. And Rocky would go, Wah. And like, and anyway, like it was funny at first. We laughed, but then there was times where you'd walk past it and out of nowhere, you'd just go, and just lunge yeah. at the fucking toe ball of the yeah. car. And I'm like, We're just not going to do that anymore. And this is before I had any knowledge about dogs. I'm like, That's just ridiculous. And we're not doing it anymore. But then he would, he would look and he would like take him out. Like we'll be hanging out. He would take Rocky out just to do it. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking lose it i'm freaking out anyway and i full put it on him like literally if you do it again i'm gonna punch in the face yeah. because i know it's funny but if i don't want it to happen anymore he's my dog so just don't fucking do it anymore like that's it and it was like and i full raged at him and um not like we're cool yeah <laughs> you know yeah. but you had you just have to draw the line to be like it just can't do that man because yeah, bro, it's my dog and i don't want line. to happen and yeah. he's my dog and that's it. We don't even live together. So it's like, it's not like we share the dog or anything. So you just, and then once you, like, and I don't think he understood how serious I was. I'm like, just don't do it, bro. Hey man, stop doing it. But like when I expressed how much and why, why I didn't want him to do it, mm. he's like, oh, shit, I didn't think of that. Like, I think I was riding the bike one day and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like ride past that. And like he pulled at the bloody stupid tiger. I'm like, I didn't want to do it to other things. And I probably gave some other nonsensical, nonsensical, um reasons why um but again if you people like if your friends like you may man. think it's, it's obvious yeah. you know you think it's obvious for people not to stand over a dog and walk up to him and shove their hand in the face you think that's really bad people think that's what they have to do to a dog stare at a dog put your hand in and let him smell it so what's obvious to do is to you is not obvious to everyone else strangers visitors friends and of course other dogs other dogs have no idea they're just going to do whatever they want mm. so advocate for your dog yeah yep well said. I think that's a good note to wrap it up. Yes, I agree. That was really cool. And it's uh, nine o'clock. I'm a bit nine o'clock. Go and chill Time out to, for a bit. Yeah, I'm going to chill out. I've done, I've done all my duties today. Actually, no, I've got to feed the dogs. I'm going to feed the dogs and I'm going to chill out. Yeah. Stay hungry. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. You know, you know where to find us. You know what to do. Any questions, let us know. See Until ya. next time. See you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website, npdogtraining.com, or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, dot uh, I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.